0: Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man?
1: I've got one that can see.
0: And we're also joined by intern Corey. Can you see?
2: Consume. Obey.
0: See, that's the thing is I consume a lot. So I'm feeling this is a might almost be truthful. It's so looking around my room. I have a lot of like advertisements and a lot of posters and signs. This all just like drink beer,
2: eat food. <laughs> Watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I weigh almost 300 pounds. So I do quite a bit of consuming myself.
1: So there's a line in this movie that, like, all TVs emit a signal, even if it's off. And one of my first uh, thoughts, Brett, is, oh no, Brett's fucked. You oh, have, yeah. like, ten TVs in your room.
0: I'm surrounded by televisions.
1: So this is They Live from 1988, written and directed by John Carpenter. And this, like, in the past few years has crept up to becoming one of my favorite Carpenter movies. I always liked it. But the older I get and, you know, the more disenchanted with, I guess, the world you get or whatever, <laughs> the more this becomes one of my favorite John Carpenter movies.
0: I definitely enjoy it. Enjoy- I have always liked it, but I feel like I enjoyed it more watching it this time. So it's just been a few years since I've seen it. I believe. So this time, I was like, "Oh yeah, I definitely enjoy it more than I remember before. Always liked it, but
2: yeah, yeah." Um, and you know, especially in the context of you know, just like this movie could be true. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. This might be true.
0: <laughs> well, if if <laughs> their plans it. if their plans go as planned if by 2025, the entire planet will be taken over. We got two more years.
2: Shit, that's close.
0: Yeah, we only I'll got two it. years.
1: This movie is also, we can't gloss over the fact, starring the late, the <laughs> great Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hell yeah. And
0: in- in- nada. He doesn't have a name.
1: Yeah. He's but- that, because I was watching, a while ago when I watched this, like it clicked in my head. I'm like, who is he playing? And then I'm like, oh, he's nobody.
0: That's why everyone just always calls him Rowdy Roddy Piper in this movie.
1: Well, not in the movie.
0: (laughs) No, but like when you're talking about the movie.
2: Yeah, like I, I always describe it. I'm like, is the movie so good that they didn't have to give the main character a name? Counterpoint, I feel like that's so this is like
1: an everyman type of movie. They don't even name them.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is so much of a like... Working man's man. Hey, hello, sir. I brought my own tools with me to the work site, and I would like to shovel this dirt for you, please. It's like, ah, I guess so. It's like, okay, I'll do that over here with my shirt off and my mullet.
1: Dude, how many construction sites do you walk past, and there's a dude with a
2: pro wrestler physique just chiseling away with no shirt in the (laughs) middle of the day? And a mullet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Rowdy Roddy Piper really is, you know, he, he's every man he's not nobody he's everybody in this movie i know i can speak for you probably Corey. but as a
1: huge wrestling fan rowdy Roddy piper i just want to throw out was one of the best to do it not like so much in-ring skill but just that charisma and everything like that that he had so he's perfect for i love they did kind of transition into acting here but more so even later in his life because he was the perfect fit for it oh yeah like, Have
0: you guys seen uh, Hell Comes to Frog Town?
2: No, I haven't. I'm aware of
0: it though. Yeah, That's no, another I, good
2: one. Um and I love the fact like he did this movie because he hated Hulk Hogan so much in real life <laughs> that he, you know Hogan did a movie, so Piper's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do a movie." And this I one is I say this is better than anything Hogan did. Not to oh, take yeah. away from, you know, Suburban Commando in Mr. Nanny.
0: (laughs) Rowdy Roddy Piper's cameo on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is better than those movies. Oh, dude, the maniac. Yeah. He just has a bucket of uh, nuts. Just wild nuts.
1: (laughs) So it starts off on Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's coming into L.A. He hops off a train and goes straight to the employment center and... This lady does not care about his story. Like, he's talking about, yeah, I used to work, but all the jobs dried up.
2: Tried for a long time, couldn't get anything. And she's basically rolling her eyes at him. Yeah. Like, almost like, yeah, here's another bum just trying to, you know.
0: But he's actually trying to work. He's not being a bum. Like, he's actually, like, really... He's a homeless dude trying to find work. He's not just like, well, found a cardboard box. This is pretty nice.
1: She tells him nothing's available... You get some shots of the the blind street preacher going on about the rich and powerful, and it's all greed. They're our owners, and all this kind of stuff. And you see cops show up, stare them down. So it's, you're just getting the general vibe of what the world's like. Yes,
2: 2023.
0: Yes, and especially John Carpenter loves just like, and I just we kind of Greg mentioned like written directed by John Carpenter. Also the composer, which I believe is the John Carpenter trifecta. Like the Edward yes, Trifecta is written, produced, and uh, directed. The Carpenter Trifecta is directed, written, and composed because this is just all over him. Like it bleeds Carpenter. He always wanted to do a Western. And this movie definitely has feelings of it, But and a few of his others do, especially with the score in this one. But oh, it's yeah. like, why did he never just do his Western if he wanted to do it so bad?
2: I say he didn't do his Western because he did it perfect in this one.
1: The score for this, if you watch interviews with Carpenter, this is one of the ones he's least proud of. Though he goes, "Yeah, I really wasn't trying. I just sat down like, bum, 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 Okay, yeah, that'll work."
0: This is like when he sat down to write um, Halloween two with his like. He sat down with a six pack over a weekend, and it's like, "All right, let's fucking knock this out." He knocked it out over like you know a few hours. Same kind of thing, just like, "Oh fuck, what do I got to do?" Bum, 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 perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Nada, a.k.a. Rowdy Piper, gets a job at uh, under the table at a construction site, and we get the shirtless workout thing, and Keith David's character, Frank, also works there, and I love, like, how he's taking a break, you know, he's wiping the sweat off his head, and then looks over at Piper just going to town on all these rocks, like, <gasps> and like, he starts working harder then.
0: Oh, yeah, he's, like, aggressively shoveling.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean... Keith David has Frank has to because you know as much as I hate to technically at this point Rowdy Roddy Piper is a scab like yeah he's a a non-union dude dude working a union job at least he did it right and went and talked to the shop steward first sorry this has been intern Corey's pro union rant of the day (laughs) well
1: done after work the boss tells Mike there's no sleeping on the site find somewhere else to stay and Frank reluctantly takes him to this like homeless camp that has food and showers. But first, like Piper acts like he's not going to follow him, and then follows <laughs> him without saying a word. And it's very like kind of tense and like, what the fuck is up with this guy from Frank's perspective?
0: Okay, Frank's like walking back to where he lives. Nada's following him, and he's just like he'll stop. He's like Nada just turns around, starts whistling.
2: <laughs> I don't like to be followed well, I don't like to join up with people till I know where they're going. we come to the shelter, like, area. It's kind of like a shanty town, but it's
1: across the street from a church that, like, provides meals, there's showers, you know. Better than just, like, being on the street type of deal. And we're introduced to Gilbert, who kind of runs the place. um, A bunch of the characters there. And then a bunch of people are watching this TV outside, and it cuts into this warning from a man, and it goes staticky, and he's like, Their intention is to rule and their intention rests with the annihilation of consciousness. You are all sleeping and all this stuff. And everyone watching is like, ah, it's back again. And they
2: all start complaining about headaches, though, when he comes on. Yeah, because it's disrupting the signal that they're used to. There's
0: also professional Hollywood homeless man, George Buck Flower shows up in this encampment.
2: Yes. Which one is
0: he? He's at the very end, you know, uh... Uh, he's he has the big beard. You would recognize him. He's in like so. If he's if there's a homeless person in the 80s that needs like cast, he he's right there to be there. But at the very end, the oh, the guy in the tuxedo. Okay, that's, that's all. I to say.
1: Is that the main yeah. one? Him that night, Nada watches as Gilbert and the street preacher from earlier argue and go into the church that's across the street. And the next day in the morning, the broadcast is interrupted again. Gilbert's watching from afar and then goes back into the church and this piques Rowdy Roddy Piper's interest and he sneaks into there and the choir practice is just a recording.
0: Yeah, and there's boxes and boxes stacked up in this room. He's like, kind of peeks like into the other room. They're all like, this is where the TV signal's coming from. There's like a satellite dish in there. He um, breaks out like a secret panel of a wall and finds all these boxes and it's just like Well, at this point, he doesn't know what they are, but he just, like, finds more, and then he, like, closes the door again. He's being so loud. He's lucky that they have this, like, choir chanting, like, cranked up to 11.
2: Yes. Uh, Also, They Live, We Sleep is written on the wall. That's where you get the name of the movie. (gasps) Yes.
1: The blind preacher finds and starts feeling his face, and he kind of runs out of there in a hurry, and... As he goes outside, he sees a police chopper circling the camp overhead.
0: Yeah, and this is, like, such a weird, like, all of a sudden, is this where, like, all of, like, the bulldozer shows up, and, like, the whole SWAT team, and they just, like, wipe out the encampment?
1: That's at night. That comes up soon. Yeah. yeah. Frank sees Piper spying on, like, the church with binoculars. He tells him about the choir tape and they have all these glasses laid out it's like just leave it alone man none of our business and but because that cop that helicopter was going over top um gilbert and everyone's quickly loading out all the boxes and that night brett like you just said the police raid happens
0: yeah and it's insane like a bulldozer shows up and just like tears down the entire encampment it's like how is this at all helpful because like they're all in this one area. They're all helping each other out and taking care of each other. Now you destroyed all their stuff. They're going to spread out all throughout the city. They they don't want that.
1: Well, I don't think they're attacking it because of the homeless population. I think they're doing it because it's also a semi-front for the resistance and a lot of the police are under the employment of the aliens and everything.
0: Oh well, yeah, but, like, so, like that, that'll actually, like, happen, and it's like, why is this a good thing? Like, at certain, like, at this point in the movie, you don't know it's aliens.
1: No, not yet. But, no, in real life, yes. I don't understand either, but here, that's why they're doing it.
2: If you crush their base, it's gonna, they're gonna have to regroup, and it's gonna take them time. Which gives you time still being organized to, you know, be better prepared to stomp them out the next time they come around.
1: Yeah.
2: Like you said, they're bulldozing into the camp. This scene's
1: sad. It just bums yeah. me out when I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. And you see him beating down the preacher and the broadcast guy.
0: Oh, yeah. They just, like, cops just randomly are, like, beating the fuck out of this blind guy. And he's, like, waving his cane, like, you stay away from me. My staff will save me. And they, like, gang up on him.
1: Dude, and then, like,. If I, if I say Piper, I mean Nada, because that's not his name either. So right. I'm just going to refer to him as Rowdy Piper. Yeah, but, yeah. He helps this young guy get away. They hide it in an abandoned building, and there's others in there that are like "Welcome to the party." And the next day, you get the super sad scene so of people going through the wreckage trying to salvage what they can. And Piper goes into the church; it's been cleared out and kind of burnt, but he knows about the little secret cubby hole that I guess they couldn't
0: find. Oh, there, I want a real quick mention, too. Piper's, like, running through the alleyway, and he sees, like, the people getting beat up, and then there's, like, this younger guy crouched down beside him, and he brings him with him inside the house, and then he almost just shoves him at these other people. It's like, here, is it almost like, oh, you're, now you're his dad, it's because all of a sudden he just, like, hugs uh, into these, like, other people. Was that his family? Was it just random other people? Where it's like I need a hug.
1: <laughs> I think he probably knew him because he was staying at this place, and so were they.
0: Oh, it was just like it's not explained whatsoever. It's not like he goes like dad or anything. Just Piper just shoves him at him. It's like you're his father now. Yeah. Also, the television is still playing. They bulldoze the entire encampment except for the television room.
2: You know, you got to leave the control device going. That is true. They're not dum-dums. When he's
1: in the church, he steals one of the boxes. He's like, this is what they're after, whatever. He runs way into this alley and opens it, and he's like, it's just sunglasses. He takes a pair and throws the rest away just because he wants sunglasses, I think. It's sunny in L.A.
2: And plus, it makes him look like a
1: cool guy.
0: For a sec, he, like, stashes the sunglasses away in a trash can like a squirrel hiding a nut. Like, these (laughs) might come in handy later. (laughs) I
1: think it's just him trying to
2: get rid of evidence. True, that could be also it. You know, you always lose these things, so if I stash these away for later, if I lose them, I'll still have sunglasses. Buy them in bulk. Exactly.
1: It's it's not an unintelligent move. I think next we get the most iconic scene in the movie.
0: This is the trying on the sunglasses for the first time.
2: I would say definitely one of the two most iconic scenes.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's right up there with when he's like walking around. Like I love how it starts off, where he puts them on and he's staring at the sidewalk, and it's just black and white all of a sudden. And I'm thinking I would love these sunglasses because I love black and white. <laughs> Every movie is a universal movie now. <laughs> that life is black and white.
2: <laughs> All my life is a universal monster movie now. It's
0: like Brett, you're not Dracula. You're only you're 30. Like, take the cape <laughs> off. No.
2: no. I am Dracula. Blah, uh.
1: blah. First it's just black and white, but then he looks at the billboard and just says, obey. He takes it off and it's some random billboard. He looks at another one that's for like vacation and they puts the glasses back on. It's like Marry and reproduce. Looking around. Some of the other ones you get are no independent thought, consume. Then he sees an alien for the first time when he's standing at this magazine stand. And he's staring back at him because this alien thinks he still just looks like a human to him. He's like, what's your problem?
0: Yeah, and he's staring. And then I love he looks down at his money because he's holding, like, a few ones in his hand. It's like, this is your god.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I want to take a second to address the big thing that I don't like that I have to address with this movie. But now I do because I'm a fucking idiot. Um Uh Alex Jones has said that this is his favorite movie of all time, oh, no. and has viewed it as very anti-Semitic way, I'll put it that way, to the point that John Carpenter doesn't like to go into what his movies are really about, but the point that John Carpenter had to come out and say, no, it's about the upper class, the haves and the have-nots, and that type of deal, you idiot.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Why Alex Jones got to ruin everything, including ruining Alex Jones?
0: It's also, yes. like, terrible where he's like, it's my favorite movie of all time. It's super anti Semitic.
1: Yeah, like, that's, yeah th- that's the thing. Yeah, you're say, this is why it's my favorite movie. That's all. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like, like, why can't we just get, you know, chemicals in the water that are turning the freaking frogs gay Alex Jones back?
1: <laughs> but that's all. I just want to make sure that I address that. I do not. Yeah, it's it's been publicly made a few times, and John Carpenter had to come out finally oh. and say, no, it's not about that at all.
0: Yeah, John Carpenter's a good guy. He may be grumpy every once in a while, and he like his, likes his checks, but it's he's not a bad guy.
2: When you hit a certain age, you get grumpy, Brett.
0: Yeah, well, he was nice when we met him.
2: I was going to
1: say, I'd just like to take this opportunity again to remind the world I got a fist bump from John Carpenter.
0: Yes, and I got to tell him, like, I love you, all of your work, and he goes, thank you. $200, please. <laughs> <laughs> 250
2: the comments extra.
1: <laughs> yeah. The piper goes into the supermarket here, and he sees this lady in there, who, this is obviously like, I guess it'd be like a Whole Foods now, like a rich supermarket. And he sees this, because there's a lot of aliens in there, and he sees this lady, and he's like, whoa, you're ugly. He ends up calling her formaldehyde face. <laughs> Because he looks at a, a normal human and he goes, you, you look great. This one, though, oh boy.
2: you, <laughs> you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly.
0: I love later too, like here in just a little bit when he runs into a couple more of them and Piper's again like, oh, you're fucking ugly. He's like, well, you're ugly to us.
2: <laughs> Piper starts cutting a promo on this old lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because finally she goes and talks into her watch and goes, I've got one that can see, and then all the aliens in the store start talking into their watches and walking towards him very slowly and scary, and he leaves the store, goes in the alley, two cops, who are both aliens, show up, and they're like, hang on, you stumbled upon something you weren't supposed to see, maybe we can make this beneficial for both of us. Do you think, knowing what we know later, that they were going to make him like the, hey, we can make you rich offer here? I
0: think so because what, like, they make George Buck Flower like one of their people and like super rich and whatnot. And he was a drifter when they found him. He was in the homeless encampment. What, like, positive does he really bring to them? So I think they just want to recruit as many people as they can.
2: It doesn't matter who. If the goal is domination, then yeah, I absolutely think they're about to make Roddy Piper a deal.
1: Yeah, and, like, he'd be rich and in a tuxedo later if he took it. Yeah. I love that he goes to fight the cop aliens, and he clotheslines the first one, fights them, takes the gun, and shoots both of them, and he goes, you bastards die like we do.
0: It is great. I like that they always kind of make the distinction of he lets, like, the human people go, even if it's, like, a cop who, like, has a gun on him. He'll be like, put it down. But, like, the aliens, he's just, like, blowing away. Like, no matter where they are.
2: (laughs) He was a hero, and I miss him very much. Which is weird, because Piper was always a heel. But now he's supposed to be a good guy in this. But uh,
1: he takes a shotgun from the cop car, goes into the bank, and this... So, here's the crazy
0: thing. This is such a common line. It's crazy to think it came from this movie. Yeah, this John Carpenter weird alien movie.
2: I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum.
0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: I did some digging and I do believe this is the first instance of it.
0: Oh, I think so too. I would agree. I didn't, I don't know, like other than just hearing it, like in memes and pop culture, this is like the only other.
2: This was the other scene I was saying that, you know, would be tied for the most iconic scene of the movie because of this and not even so much for the scene for the line. You know what? There's actually one more, too, which is later with him and Frank that could also be tied for. There's a lot. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. And I have another one that comes way later that I will point out.
1: But in the bank, he just starts opening fire on the aliens. He is indiscriminate on the aliens, not the people. Just blasting them. And holy shit, one takes it right
2: to the
0: face behind the counter. It's wild. Oh, Oh, that splatters
2: so good
0: blood splatter over the wall and, like, half of his face is missing. It's also great because immediately Rowdy Roddy Piper's just, like, has, like, four guns, like, a police baton, and he's ready to, like, kick ass. He just, like, walks out of the alleyway just, like, and everyone starts running from him. Like, he goes into a bank and shoots up the bank and then disappears. He's, like, really good at getting, like, out of places like this. Was there ever a part where he's sitting there thinking, like, maybe I could just rob banks. I got out of there, like, really easily.
1: Yeah, he would be (laughs) a great bank robber. But in the bank still, he has one cornered and it's talking into its watch.
2: And he goes, Mom, I don't like tattletales. (laughs) And he goes to shoot him, but the alien disappears. Piper's one-liners in this are just absolutely fantastic. You know, beautifully written by Carpenter, wonderfully delivered by... One of the greatest talkers in the game.
0: Well, I saw where um, Carpenter uh, cast him because I think he was at WrestleMania three, and yeah. I really loved his performance.
1: Yeah, Carpenter saw it like I want him in my movie, and it was a perfect because Piper wanted to do a movie to, like Corey said to get back at Hogan, so it worked out yeah. perfectly.
2: I just love the fact that you know one of the as you but we've I think you two said it, and I will say. One of Carpenter's best got its starring role out of spite. (laughs) But he goes out back
1: from the bank and he can see this camera, like this drone pretty much, and he shoots it. And the human cop shows up, like you said, Brett, he doesn't shoot him. He makes him drop his gun and run.
0: Right, because he's like, you're you're okay, you're an actual person.
1: And we cut to this parking garage, and this new character, Holly, is getting in her car and taken hostage by Piper. Drive.
0: Holy shit. Uh, That's Meg Foster. She was in Lords of Salem. Yes, she was. Oh.
1: Yep. Are you married? She's like, yes. He goes, don't lie to me. No. Okay. Then your place. They go to her house. The neighbors, like, see her go in. They're like, hi, Holly. (laughs) And Piper's making it look like they're a couple going in. They just shut the door right away. And we get the. I'm sorry you have to do this. You're not sorry. You're in charge. She, Her delivery in these scenes, though, reminds me of Julia from Hellraiser.
2: You know, yeah. honestly, like, the looking at her and stuff, I had to look it up while I was watching the movie today because I legitimately thought it was Julia from Hellraiser. Okay, good. So it wasn't just me. No, no, no. Yeah, I also, it's... like I said, thought it to the point where I had to look it up. Otherwise, it would have bothered me.
0: Especially how she, like, delivers her lines. Like, this guy has, like, three guns and is, like, taking her hostage back to her house and is, like, holding her there. And she's just like, can I have a drink? Like, I would like some champagne. And, like, she just sits there and sips on champagne and talks about his, like, magic glasses
1: Dude, the scenes of him explaining the glasses to people frantically are some of my favorite. Because he's like, you gotta try the glasses on, you'll see everything different. And she's like, I'll put on the glasses if you want me to, and I'll tell you that I saw whatever you think I saw. Like, oh no, it'll change everything. Dude, no one will just put on the glasses. No. No. But he finds out she works at a TV station talking to her, and at one point he walks to the windows. and he just gets pushed straight through
0: the glass oh. and down this huge hill. She uh, rocks him over the head with the champagne bottle, pushes him out the uh, huge glass window. Yeah, he rolls down like three hills. He's dead. Like, he got smashed over the head and like fell who knows how many stories. But it's Rowdy Roddy Piper, so he's okay. He just dusts himself off.
1: Yeah. You do get a quick seed, which is important for later for calling the police. Yes. The next day, he sneaks to the construction site to see Frank, and Frank has seen the news. He's like, I don't want anything to do with you. How many people did you kill? Because he's obviously been on the news at this point.
0: Yeah, get the fuck away from me.
1: (laughs) I have a family.
2: (laughs) He
0: goes the alleyway
1: to get the rest of the sunglasses, but it's garbage day, and so Uh... they're all gone. (laughs)
0: But it's it's perfect timing because the garbage truck is right there. And the one garbage man goes to argue with the other one about something, so Piper can open up the back of it, climb in. For some reason, then they dump all the garbage out.
1: (laughs) Well, because they thought the back was still closed, so they were just moving it all to the back. Oh, okay. He gets the rest of the sunglasses. He only finds one, and Frank shows up, like, still very nice to him to give him his money and everything. And... (laughs) He, like, throws it out, but Piper wants him to try it on, oh and this is the beginning of one of the best scenes, any fight scenes in movie history, if you ask me, and it's only made better by the fact that are these two huge, like, action stars fighting each other as Piper's yelling,
0: put on the glasses, like, no, <laughs> the whole time,
2: <laughs> this is so much better.
0: Oh, it's like an over five minute long fight scene where like they take breaks every once in a while and then go right back at it. It's so iconic. South Park parodied it.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, if rumor is to be believed, this was not scripted to go this long and Keith David and Rowdy Roddy Piper just kept it going and they just kept the cameras rolling.
2: That could be legend, but that is the rumor I've always heard. You know what? Print the legend. I'm going with that's true. Sure. Um, he finally puts them on on him, and he sees. But this is
1: after several, like, each one is one. There's biting, there's a suplex, there's, there's a yeah. glass bottle There's being smashed into cars. Piper's knocked out, he goes to walk away, but he grabs them, and they go again. Like, they're each knocked out, like, three times. Finally, he puts the glasses on him, and he can see everything.
0: He suplexes him, like, onto just concrete. Just onto the road. At one point, Piper's getting his nuts stomped in like four different times. I love, too, there's the one scene where uh, it's towards the end when they're both really, like, really beat up. And Rowdy Roddy Piper grabs the 2x4 and starts swinging it around and he like busts out the car window then he almost knows like "Oh, I am I took it a little too far because he drops the 2x4 he's like hey I'm sorry man I'm not trying to steal anyone's shtick. <laughs> I know that's Hackshole Jim Duggan's thing like
2: <laughs> oh oh
0: <laughs> Dude, but you're right though I love that where he swings at his <laughs> he almost like, like oh face. the, <laughs> like, the <laughs> look on his face is like oh shit I'm sorry <laughs> keep David's
2: face was like, "Hey, what the fuck, man?" When he does, it. <laughs> like, maybe that part wasn't supposed to happen, like, at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it just looks good. They had to keep it in.
1: I love the hard cut to them bloody and the fuck beat out of them getting the hotel room.
0: Oh yeah, they walk to like what looks like the basket case hotel yeah. and checks in because it's like definitely a. Cash only kind of place. Are you? Do you want to buy the hour or buy the night?
1: And they're up in the room, and we can't be the only ones who can see. We gotta find others. Um, You get the sad story about his dad,
0: and well, I'm not daddy's little boy anymore. (laughs)
1: Like
0: yeah. It's like it was like it also kind of because there's so many. It's, it's got me think about wrestling because a rowdy rowdy Piper. It's like when uh, mankind would be sitting there sh- rocking back and forth, being like, "But Daddy said."
1: <laughs> the next day, Gilbert sees Frank walking around in sunglasses. I guess this is the hotel he's been hiding out at too. And he realizes Frank somehow ended up with these. And he talks to them both and tells them about a meeting that night of other people who are also like in this resistance and everything.
0: Well, it's almost—it's so great. They like see each other. It's like, oh, you got the special
2: glasses too.
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) we're glasses brothers. (laughs) You guys sent away from the cereal box too. (laughs) How many box tops was yours? Yeah, mine was a comic book.
1: (laughs) They go to the meeting, and they're in there, and there's a bunch of people. And oh, you don't have to wear your glasses. We're all human in here. And And they
0: give them contacts.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, sadly, this is the end of the glasses, because they get contacts.
0: The glasses look so much cooler. Like, the contacts are definitely a lot better, because all the aliens have to do is look for, like, the specific style of sunglasses.
1: (laughs) And who's wearing them indoors?
0: And who's staring around at everything? (laughs) (laughs) And they say these give
1: less interference, too, so less headaches and stuff, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, because at one point uh, when Rowdy Roddy Piper was hanging out in Holly's apartment before she, like, suplexed him out the window, um, he's talking about, like, holy shit, these things, like, almost get you high, but the come down's a motherfucker.
2: <laughs> All I'm going to say is the Contacts never got their own song written about them. There is a song written about Rowdy Roddy Piper's magic sunglasses by If Hope Dies. Nice. I wore
0: my sunglasses that night. So, that no,
2: one? No. no no
1: (laughs) but at this meeting they learn that there's people who are aware but still sell out so like yeah they just offer them a better life everything they wanted and they'll sell out their own kind they also uh get watches like the same ones that they talk to and use their disappearing trick with but we haven't been able to figure it out yet
0: it almost kind of reminds you of like the matrix about like there's certain people that want to go back into the matrix cuz real world's like so horrible. They just buy into it. They're like, "Well, I mean, what can we really fucking do about it?" So, sure, make me rich.
1: Yeah. They're like, "We got to keep up our appearances, go to work, uh, go watch TV, etc., all this kind of stuff." And they want to find the signal and shut it, shut it off like cuz it's coming from some news station or some broadcast place and Right then, Piper notices that Holly's at the meeting. She must have finally believed him. Like, I thought I killed you. I did, too. He's all happy to see her and everything.
0: And she comes in with a steel chair right to Rowdy Roddy Piper's face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then, as soon as their happy reunion happens, boom,
0: giant explosion, and the police are there. They're shooting everybody. Well, it's also so funny, because uh, what you say was Gilbert, that's like, go to your houses, go to work, like, consume, like, treat everything like it's normal. While Rowdy Roddy Piper and Frank are there with, like, shotguns, and they've, like, blown up half the city. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um all the survivors start fleeing and a bunch are getting shot in the process, a grenade goes off. It's it's a wild scene. Yeah. Uh, Piper and Frank flee out into this alleyway and they're getting closed in on, but I love like Piper shooting up at all the ones on
0: the rooftops, they're dropping. It's an awesome scene. This reminds <laughs> you of like a video game uh level or something. Yeah. Then, a lot of this where they're just like running through corridors and alleyways shooting. Dude, especially like the arcade games
1: that you have the yeah. gun, like things just keep popping up on the screens. It reminds me a lot of one of those. It's like, oh shit, yeah. he's on the
0: fire escape.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Oh man, I loved those games. Dude, I just played an Alien one recently. I loved it. Nice.
2: This movie, for you know, Count of the Dead purposes, is a motherfucker because like all yes, the deaths, is. all the deaths happen in like groups.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of rewind on my end with this.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But they, they're they cornered, and they're closing in on them, but they accidentally open up a portal with the watch. They're like, this watch has been damaged. This portal will close in 10 seconds. And the Piper's like, go in! Frank's like, what in there? No! And he makes them, and Piper shoots a bunch more and then jumps in the portal right as it closes.
0: It's almost like the trash compactor scene from the first Star Wars. Yeah, a little bit. I don't care what it smells like. Get in there, you doghead. (laughs) (laughs) But there's
1: somewhere under the city, they think, and they walk into this, like, giant banquet with the human power elite being addressed by the aliens, and they can see most of the people in attendance are humans, but the speaker is an alien, so they all know. And the homeless guy from before that we were talking about is now rich and a tuxedo's hey, you guys bought in too. You should have dressed for the part now that you can afford it. He goes, here, let me give you a tour.
0: Yeah, and you would think that these two guys, like Rowdy Roddy Piper and Frank, have been running around the entire city killing aliens for like a couple days now. And like, everyone's on high alert trying to find them. They just waltz into this banquet, like still dressed in their dirty, like alley fight clothes. And no one notices them except for George Buck Flower. And then he gives them an entire tour of the whole complex past, like, all kinds of guards and security. No one recognizes them. I get what you're saying,
1: and I'm just thinking this now, so this might not be the case at all. But do you think a lot of the aliens and the humans actually watch TV and the humans who are aware still watch TV and stuff?
2: I would go with no they might probably. not be
0: aware of. But I'm going to say with the amount of aliens that are all around that like you would think that their faces would be plastered everywhere which they are cuz at one point Rowdy Roddy Piper's just walking down the street and there's a like w- store window full of televisions and it's all his like head with that giant mullet hanging off the back of it. <laughs>
1: He gives them the tour, they see the teleporter to Andromeda, and he goes, I don't know how it works, some kind of light
0: refraction or something like that, but anyway, it's cool. (laughs) I forgot about this part in They Live, like, I forgot, like, I always remembered it was Aliens, but I thought it was always just, like, the bad, like, rubber mask, funny-looking Aliens. I forgot about the space scene. Yeah. They must cut that for television a lot, because, like, I have it on DVD and whatnot, but... I haven't watched that anywhere near as many times.
2: I think it is a cut scene for TV.
0: Yeah. Cause this is one of the first times I remember seeing it of like, I guess like I must be like up doing things when I'm watching. They live a lot of times. It's like hunky men fighting. I want to like lift weights and move furniture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then we get the broadcast room and he's like, can we see the inside of the newsroom? And he's like, well, I guess I can do you a favor. And they talk to the two guards there and he goes, you have your authorization cards and Piper goes right here and shoots the guards.
0: And it's great too. Cause they shoot the guards. George Buckflower is like, Oh no. And then they grab him by the beard and like lead him around. Also like how many days ago was the homeless encampment demolition scene that George Buckflower was there for that. And now it just like two or three days he's like joined their team and he's allowed like clearance to everything. Like why couldn't one of the resistance fighters just go like, yeah, I'm totally on board with you guys. Weird alien faces rule. And they like just sneak a bomb in there or something.
1: Dude, not to spoil next week's movie, but I'm just saying you guys are the beginning of the original Leprechaun movie where it's like the dirt poor farmer shows up in a limousine. All of a sudden it's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> You know. <laughs> Here's the thing like with the you got your authorization cards right here and everything. Yeah. And just all these dumb lines. They says like mama don't like tattletales, the bubblegum line, everything. I feel like if you had for lack of a better term, a classic like regular actor delivering these lines, it wouldn't work.
2: No, no, it absolutely would not work.
1: Like I think you need that bit of like cheese that comes with someone like Piper to make this happen. You, you it definitely needed... helps make this movie what it is.
2: You needed a wrestler to deliver these lines because these are exactly. 100% wrestling promo lines.
0: And Macho Man was way too cocained out, screaming about cream of the crop and shit. They're like, okay, we need someone a little bit more toned down than him. Dude, give me the Macho Man cut. I want to see that. Movie. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Oh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> Are you stupid formaldehyde face?
1: (laughs) But they start like Frank drops a grenade and they're shooting up all the news station aliens and they're looking for Holly like have you seen Holly? Whatever her last name is they're going up to the roof they're fighting their way up, they find her. And I love that the aliens keep coming at them in the hallway in groups of two. And this happens yeah. like five times. They just mow them down, keep going, go up another floor or two, here comes two more aliens, mow them down, keep
0: going. It reminds you of this is another one it reminds you of a video game. But it's so funny that like the person Rowdy Roddy Piper runs up to and like grabs a hold of and is like, where's Holly? is a pregnant woman with a pot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: again (laughs) classic heel techniques you're gonna get way more heat for picking on the pregnant woman
0: oh yeah all (laughs) these other people run by it's the pregnant woman with like what could be a weapon is who you go after they find holly they're making
1: their way up to the roof they're on the stairs piper goes up first and then holly pulls the gun on frank and it cuts away but you hear the gunshot so frank's dead on the stairs Rest in peace, very
0: Frank's funny. just like out of nowhere. Death is just like so shocking because he's throughout this entire movie. It's like if all of a sudden at the very end of Star Wars, they're just like, okay, yeah, Han Solo also got killed. Like, bang, he had kind of off scene-ish. Like, we kind of saw it, but whatever. It's like Frank's I... been with us this whole time. I like Frank. Like, we had there was a five-minute wrestling scene with him in it. So, and then just, like, all of a sudden... Is, I guess it's also, like, the bleakness of just, like, bang.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's so shocking because it's so sudden. We don't have the Holly villain, like, monologue before. No. Actually, I've been this the whole time I was using you. And now, obviously, if we want to trace this back, when she called the police after, I'm assuming that's when she was a- recruited. Right. So, that's why I think it's so shocking, though, is because... Holly's on their side, and in the span of, like, two seconds, we find out she's evil and Frank's dead.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's such, like, it's so weird. Piper's on the roof. He's yelling, Holly,
1: Frank, are you guys clear? And I'm clear. And she pulls up on him with the gun. And now, Holly said she wasn't villain monologuing. Yeah, she's not monologuing, but now
2: she's gone full like villain.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I hate you, Holly.
2: She, she's gone full Julia at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: I'm changing the rules of this fairy tale. I'm no longer the evil stepmother. I'm the wicked queen.
0: (laughs) So, this satellite dish, on top of this, like, channel 54, like, news station, like, channel, like, uh, TV station. Is shooting the beam all around the world to, to take care of this? Or, like, is it just only in, like, the... Los Angeles area that they've only infected so far and it's like spreading but it hasn't gotten that far yet like it's like one little satellite
2: dish I would assume that is all that of this. maybe it's like a controlling satellite dish but I would assume that there's others that spread the signal
0: maybe this is just like enough of an area like the signal is disrupted so like the people are made aware kind of thing like they're just trying to like take the wool off their eyes or whatever it's called. Now,
1: here's the thing, though. It could be going across the whole con- the world because it's alien tech. It's not our tech. It's not actually yeah. a satellite. That's how we perceive That's it. That's true. And it's in Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of the world. Consume, obey, all this kind of stuff. So, honestly, there's a chance this could be the whole world's. Yeah.
2: Or at least it's the main relay or something.
1: If you'll allow me to reveal a bit of intern quarry history, you used to work at a TV station. I did, I did. Now, what would your reaction be? Say you're the pregnant woman with the pot of coffee. No, you're not pregnant, but this is you. Would you trust these men
2: coming in doing this? when they tell you it's for your own good? I said I'd be very concerned if I'm the pregnant woman. But you're just that role. What's your reaction? Oh, I, I I don't know. <laughs> Do you tell them we're Holly?
0: terrorists.
2: <laughs> like I mean, first, like, are we? Is it actually Rowdy Roddy Piper? Coming at me here because no, pardon, at first I'm no because they
1: don't know Rowdy Roddy Piper.
2: Oh okay. yeah, I'll say because if it's actually Piper, I'm going to mark out for a good ten minutes first. <laughs> I I mean, pro. I mean, I would love to say but like, no, I wouldn't give up Holly, but in all honesty, I probably would because you're like, what the? You just murdered like how many? Yeah, she's <laughs> over there. Don't kill me. Yeah, go to
0: the roof. She's on the roof. (laughs) But anyway, like we said,
1: Holly's. I'm clear, and she has the gun pulled on him. The helicopters are up there. They have their. The snipers are trained on him, and everything. Like, drop the gun, or we will shoot. He does drop the gun. He realizes an impossible situation. But wait, secret sleeve gun. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. He shoots Holly, and then turns around, shoots the dish, and it gets destroyed. But then he gets shot by one of the snipers in the chopper. He falls down and is dying, but has a little bit of life left in him to flip him off.
0: I love that little part. Even, like, right before he shoots the satellite dish, he's like, fuck it! And then, yeah, he just flips them off, like, fuck you, I ruined all your stuff. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie, is, like, everyone, like, realizing, like, it's because it's like, blink! Now, like, all of the obey, reproduce, like, uh, consume signs are, like, visible in color, so we know that they're visible in the real world. The newscasters are the weird aliens, those sons of bitches, Cisco and Ebert are complaining about George Romero and John Carpenter. Uh, they should censor those movies. The smut that they put out for these people. And of course, they're scumbags, slimy aliens. I love that Romero got a shout out. Yes, yeah. I love that so much. And my one of my probably favorite scenes of the entire movie is the very last scene. of. <laughs> there's the lady having sex, and behind her you see like the consume poster, and she's like, the t- TV's on, and like she sees the weird alien, and then she looks down, and he alien looks up and goes, "What's the matter, baby?" So she's fucking an alien, <laughs> <laughs> and then straight into credits. It is a that's
1: great the last scene.
0: scene. That's how they end the movie: is this random lady is having sex with a random alien? We've never encountered either of them. So, What's the matter, baby? <laughs>
1: I love that they put that scene right after the complaining about the sex and violence in these yes. horror movies from directors like John Carpenter and George Romero, straight cut to a sex with an alien scene. I love
0: that because I feel like that's on purpose. 100%. It had to
2: be on purpose. Had to be on
0: purpose. Well, I've, Carpenter did put the Cisco and Ebert aliens in here on purpose because they were giving him and Romero all kinds of shit, along with all kinds of other horror directors, and Carpenter wasn't having any of it. So bravo... For, to John Carpenter for being one of the first people to disc with those scumbags Cisco and Eber.
2: <laughs> and aren't both of them dead now?
0: Uh, one of them, at least. At least
2: one of them is. Yeah, I don't know. I never paid right. attention to them because they're scumbags.
1: And that's they live, dude. What? an amazing movie i yeah. love this i had a great time watching it again um i just watched this back in august because anna had never watched it we watched it together and i didn't even mind watching it again it's definitely one that i can watch repeatedly very close together have a great
2: time yeah yeah absolutely that's why when you're like "Oh, here's the list for for march and i saw they live on there i'm like hey remember how i'm bigger than you i wasn't gonna say no i know I just, I, I this, I'm, just, this is my favorite Carpenter movie. Like, this really? and the thing, this and the thing, I would say are tied for number one.
1: I can't argue with that at all. I get it.
2: Like, it, it's no secret. Like, I've said, I'm not a fan of the Halloween series. Not that I'm saying that it's bad, it's just not for me.
0: This is also one I remember, like, I, but like, I, bro-
2: it's just ahead. like, like I said, I I personally don't watch them other than like when they first come out. But I get why people like them. They're good movies. They're just not for me personally. Like I would never say the Halloween movies are terrible unless we're talking about Halloween Resurrection, or ends, or ends. Because and well, I've have so many. I have well two major issues with ends. One, it was terrible. Two, how dare they sully my good name? <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, five's horrible. But Five did give us Bumble which is one of my favorite references on the show. This is one that I remember growing up on. It was, like, on TNT all the time. This is one where every time they live was on, Mom would turn it on the television, and I would, like, see, like, different, like, clips of it while I was, like, running around and playing growing up. This is one I grew up on.
2: Yeah, they used to show it all the time after Monday Nitro.
0: Oh, Okay. Do you guys know how, like, odd it is? Because I love
1: They Live. I don't have a They Live shirt, and I really want one, but then I feel like I'm not following the themes of the movie by wanting to purchase the They Live t-shirt. <laughs> to consume the
2: shirt? Yeah. Or you're following yeah, no them exactly. To
1: buy They Live stuff.
0: Yeah, capitalism keeps moving.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely have a uh, what the They Live Toonie Terror on pre-order. Oh, nice. I mean, at time of recording, it's on pre-order. By the time this airs, it might be in my possession. And will be promptly stolen by me. <laughs> I
0: mean, uh, we can find it. You guys ready for the
1: end of episode stuff?
0: Yes, yeah, let's get so into the count of the dead. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh.
1: All right, the Throgmothor Count of the Dead where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. I did count the aliens. Where do you okay. think we got? with they live?
0: I was going to ask you if you counted the aliens because of so, holy shit. They're humanoid enough. I said throw yes. no, them on there. Oh, I agree. I'm going to go with 49. Oh, God. With all of the aliens, too? I'm going to go 82. (laughs) 82?
1: Corey, you were very close, and I think I know what tripped you up. There was 48. During the massacre scene, when they break in after the explosion and everything, one person's getting shot, they cut away, and for some reason, they cut back to that person still being shot, which almost caught me. We got
2: 48. You know, that's, I can almost guarantee you, that's where I got tripped up. I probably counted him twice.
0: I'm surprised it was so low. Like, that's a big number. But for the amount of just, like, there's so much of this movie of just walking around and shooting aliens.
1: But do you want to know why? Because they kept them in groups of two.
0: <laughs> it was like two at a time. I kept tallying for most of it. So I know that there's the bank scene. Like, even like when like the rebels get infiltrated, a bunch of them die. I was like, I have no idea what this would be. So I was like, off by double.
1: <laughs> the beginning, like rampage through the like shantytown and everything. Like, we see people getting beat down, but we actually see no deaths in that scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, this was this is a hell of a one for counting the dead. Yeah, keep <laughs> track of. Whereas yeah, Greg? Count of, of the
0: dead. Ah, ah, ah! Very nice counting all those deaths, Greg. <laughs> Good Thanks. job, buddy. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> Thunder noise. So basically, I will take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. And I come up with that thing right now. So, in this movie, they put on the sunglasses, and they see the world completely changed. Yes. So, we're going to do, you put on the sunglasses, and what version of the world do you see? One through ten. So, a number one version of this world, the worst version of this world. Now, you, Greg's walking down the street, and he picks up the sunglasses. You know, he just stopped at McDonald's. He's eating cheeseburger. He puts sunglasses on. He sees everything's made of poop. He looks down at his cheeseburger, just poop cheeseburger. He's walking, the streets are poop, like, everything smells. You can also smell everything now, like... Oh, no. Yeah. So everything's poop. You go home, your wife's poop, like, all of a sudden. You're oh, like, no. oh, no! <laughs> a number 10, a number 10 version of putting on the glasses, the best version of putting on the glasses. You put the glasses on and you discover like it's some weird interdimensional thing and like all the actors that you love are still like technically here but just in other dimensions and they continue to make movies forever. Basically a big way for me to say Bella Lugosi's still making movies.
2: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta shoehorn it in there somehow, don't oh, you? Oh <laughs> yes,
0: of course. Um I love They Live a Lot. It's not my favorite Carpenter movie. I don't know if it would be even top five, but I like it quite a bit. I'm going to give it seven things you would see in the glasses out
2: of 10. Like I said, this this and The Thing are my favorite Carpenter movies. Uh, this one's a nine. Nine and a half. I'm going to give this one a nine and a half from me. Well, you were both almost there. I went
1: straight up 10 things I would see in the glasses out of 10. Are you going to they... yell at us now? I, I am very disappointed. One, nine and a half is too fucking close. It's a 10. Fuck you, Corey. Oh, you right know what else is long. close? I'm disappointed. Yeah,
2: you, know, you know what else was a 10? Rocky Horror. Know what you gave yeah. it? A nine.
0: That's only awful at one point, Greg. <laughs> but anyway, you
1: know, They Live to Me as a perfect 10. I oh, yeah. I it's... find no fault in this movie whatsoever.
0: It's a lot of fun. I'm not as big of a wrestling fan, so that doesn't get me as much. Like, I enjoy the fight scene, but it's almost like it starts to become a little bit of Blues Brothers 2000, where they were like, we gotta beat the record of the most cop cars crashed in a scene! And it goes on for so long that it starts to be like, okay, let's wrap it up.
1: As much as like I liked joking about the wrestling stuff in this and everything, my enjoyment of this movie, I don't actually equate to being a Rowdy Roddy Piper fan either. If it was, I think he just does it so well, but it's not oh, one of my wrestlers I like is in this movie. It's not even that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But I feel like it's a fun Carpenter movie of just like, he had a fun idea they shot it over a couple months. I love how cheesy the masks are, like, they aren't hyper-realistic, this isn't the thing, but it also kind of still like fits in with the tone of the movie of it's like these fake corporate looking masks
2: yeah these, these are masks you would go to spirit Halloween and get yes they have them <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean that's all true right. I think that's all I got this is a fun one though
0: yes, this, this, uh, much this
1: though.
2: is a great one a great, great pick one. thank
0: you Well, unless you guys got anything else
2: nah. nothing else
0: All right, well, we hope that they live has left your brain throbbing with horror.
2: Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? Be sure you tune in next week for another fun episode. And be sure to check out all our social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin. I hear the guy that runs them is really great.